0: W-N-S-T Tassel, Baltimore, and... Baltimore positive. We're going to be getting a Maryland crab cake tour presented by the Maryland lottery and win donation back out on the road for you. I'm Actually wearing my Raskin global shirt today. Um, it's March madness. I have friends and sponsors that are worked up. We're going to be in Hollywood uh, casino up at the, the barstool uh, sports book and restaurant family friendly. You can bring the kids, go on out. It's easy. Uh, big screens, big wings, big burgers, big beer, and big brackets, Luke Jones. So uh as we uh, we get going here, take a moment from Lamar, opening day, St. Patrick's Day, all that. Hey man, the Terps are kicking things off on Thursday. This um uh, this is fun to print brackets and and to have wagering facilities mobily available to you at Barstool Sports and other places um to make this As much fun as it was in the seventh grade, back in the days of, I don't know, Greg Manning and uh, uh, Reggie Jackson and, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, Adrian Branch.
1: Yeah, no question about it. And I think if you're a Maryland fan in year one of the Kevin Willard era, you're heartened by this. You're encouraged by this. I think any Terps fan going into this season would have said, if you can make the NCAA tournament, Knowing that you had some holdovers from the Turgeon era, knowing that you had some transfers, and knowing that this wasn't truly a Kevin Willard team just yet. Uh, but making the tournament in year one, you're checking that box and you're saying, I'll take that. And, and I'm excited by that. So, and that's exactly what the Turps have done. You know, we've talked about it all year in terms of how well they played at home, uh, how much they struggled on the road in, in the Big Ten. Although I know Kevin Willard has bristled about that, saying that he thinks they played better than their record would indicate which uh there's some merit to but at the same time one and nine is one and nine on the road in the big 10 and uh you look at this draw uh west virginia in the first round and knowing that alabama looms in the second round realistically speaking if you can beat west virginia this is you'll sign off on this and you'll say hey great first year uh great you know, great uh, accomplishment for a team that did not have very high expectations. And I think uh, just a, a year where you recalibrate some hope. Uh, I think one of the big complaints of the Mark Turgeon era was there being a very distinct ceiling uh, for, for this program. I think the floor was, you know, we talked about the floor. That was fine. They weren't having these God awful seasons or anything like that, but you just didn't really think that they had that same ceiling that they had had 20 years earlier. So Well, and I want to, I want to address that because you mentioned that all the time in regard to
0: Turgeon. And I think that's in regard to the fan base, believing that and whatnot, but I would say they were thought to be one of many in the big 10 and every year, Wisconsin will have a year and Ohio state will have a year and Michigan will have some players and Michigan state will always kind of have players kind of like Duke and North Carolina, but we're not going to be one of them. We're going to be one of many. Right. And that's part of Being in the Big Ten, I mean, the football program's got a long way to go, but right? I mean, but it's recruiting better and NIL. The NIL thing changes all of this, and I think it changes expectations. And the question for me, and I learned this five months ago when Jay Wright is on stage – looking young and you know chipper had a lot of money and decided not to do this anymore in the prime of his career or what could have been more of a he could have coached him more years just didn't want to do it this way and willard sort of understood it it's kind of like being a millennial or being an old fart or being a baby boomer right you know go boomer right I, I, there's a new era and a new way this is going to be done and if you're not embracing that you might as well be lefty drizel or gary williams or somebody else that doesn't want to play this game because this is a different game right now
1: yeah it is and i don't think anyone necessarily even has it figured out at this point in time i think that's what everyone's doing but in the same way we were talking about aau ball changing the landscape i don't know 15 or 20 years ago you know at at a time when it didn't feel like gary williams wanted to do that and look that was his prerogative all these coaches are going to make that decision, especially ones who've been around the block uh, a few times, but Jim Boeheim
0: exiting, by the way, I just got to throw that in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, which,
0: your guy, yeah. Mr. Syracuse, you wore an orange
1: cream sickle, something on your head at some point. didn't you not an, well, not that extreme, but I, I, I have a t-shirt in my closet that says real men wear orange. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I went to Syracuse for two years. In fact, uh, great timing because... And then my, you heard about
0: the weather uh, when well, you
1: got oh, there. Oh, sure, sure. But my freshman year was when Maryland won it all. And and if you recall, they played the the Sweet 16, the regional final was in Syracuse. So I sat in the last row in the upper deck because uh, as a poor college kid, that's all I could afford was uh, the the very last row of the upper deck. But I was there for the win over Kentucky and I was there for the epic win over UConn. I mean, you know, the best game of the tournament for my money. Uh, but I had that. You know, as a freshman, getting to watch the Terps up in Syracuse, and then of course the following year was the Carmelo Anthony, Jerry McNamara, McNamara Championship team. So, uh, but yeah, uh, fun times there. But bringing it back to the Terps in the modern day, you were there with I- Mello. With, I mean, that's like yeah, pick you. Dude,
0: you picked a good time to get in and out of Syracuse. I don't say that much to you. And I know we, yeah. haven't, we don't talk about this on the air. Like, if we did 6 to 10 a.m. radio every day, the whole world would know all this <laughs> stuff about you over and over again. I'd be ribbing you every time something bad happened to Syracuse or Beheim cheated and got away with it. Uh, you know, but the Beheim syracuse thing really is – I don't know where the end of the end of the end is, right? Like Bill Self had some health issues this week. Like you know the Roy Williams and the Shashevskis, and the, you know we're we're at the end of that. We're in the beginning of this new thing where I don't feel so bad on Thursday when they tip off and some of the kids on the floor are actually getting paid. Like I, it you know it has skeeved me out on the radio for twenty five years, and you know. I'm sitting up at Barstool Sports in Perryville, eating chips and dip. The bartender's making money. The casino, everybody's making money except the kid's dribbling. And I could never, I could never come to terms with that, especially having known so many of these young people. I mean, of all backgrounds, I covered basketball for 25 years. So every Walt Williams and every kid that went through this to get an education and was there and, and didn't make the NBA, not like Walt, but other guys that just went to Towson or went to other schools and gave up significant portions of their lives. And everybody made money off a of Coppin in 1998, except the kids that dribbled and beat, you know, and, and won. And, and so th- that's where I am. I'm happier with it. I haven't figured it out to your point. I haven't even like fully examined all of it because I had people coming to me for guests about NIL money and try, do you, how much do you understand it? And much like a lot of parts of sports, you, you, you care as far as you, 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 you dive in and this week diving into the brackets, right. And just trying to have a little bit of fun with it. But I do feel better about where college sports might be going than, than how greasy it used to feel.
1: Yeah. In practice, I agree with you. Uh, or I guess I should say in theory, I agree with you in practice. I'm not sure because NIL transfer portal. We've seen how that has has changed the landscape so dramatically where it feels a little more like free and and I'm not saying that's a bad thing for these kids. Let's be clear about that. But from a fandom standpoint, I'm not always sure that that's going to be what's best in terms of maintaining interest or maintaining passion. We'll see. Uh, you were a the...
0: perfect candidate. You were born like 15 years too
1: late that in 1979,
0: 80, 81, when me and Kevin Eck were getting together at Hollabird Middle School, we would get those Toyota ACC whole magazines dedicated mm-hmm. to the season. And they're just being a few teams and one bid, maybe two, never three, y- you know, like, and pouring into those games. Like, I don't know. You know, getting the rabbit ears out on channel forty-five because you couldn't get the damn thing anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the 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 night that Graham lights it up, I you know, I'm watching through a mess. So any, but but it 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 has become much more for a guy my age that comes from that era and that sort of focus to what March Madness has become. I mean, dude, I remember Magic and Larry. I re- I remember taping the Joe Barry Carroll games when I got my first VCR in 1980 and 81 and Kiki Vanderway. I mean, I, 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 Adrian Dantley, I loved all of that stuff. It, it, It is different now where like the kid you're in love with this year could be the I mean, we've dealt with with Suleiman, right? We're seeing against him, and then all of a sudden, hey, he's a Terp, right? How is that even possible? We we couldn't even register that in our minds. That's all kind of over with now. I, I think for the business of college sports takes a different light for me this week with the brackets, and I just think that needs to be said because I think it is a different ball game.
1: Oh, it definitely is. And again, when I say that I don't know what it means from a fan standpoint in, in terms of whether it's going to help the, the sport helped the product or not. I mean, it's good for the kids and, and absolutely. And a lot of what you just shared, I agree with wholeheartedly. So uh, I think this matchup between Maryland and West Virginia, I mean, take a look at both teams, leading scores Jameer Young transfer, uh, Eric Stevenson for West Virginia transfer. I mean, you look at West Virginia, they have some transfer players. Uh, it's a very senior laden roster, uh, you know, Maryland having uh, some of the same elements. So, you know, you, you, And clearly Huggins has been at West Virginia for a long time. So him and Willard aren't, you know, uh, an appropriate uh, comparison, but, you know, it just speaks to how much the landscape can change year to year now. And with NIL, and you asked me a a couple minutes ago how well versed I am with that. Not at all. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's too tough trying to track the business of the NFL and Major League Baseball and you know, Lamar Jackson's contract saga and all that for me yeah, just let here. me
0: know who's playing Terps, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah.
1: I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend to, to fake that. I understand uh, the, the inner workings of how NIL is going to work. Cause again, I think it's still evolving and, and seeing how it's all well, Maryland's got play a quarterback
0: out. from Hawaii whose brother's rich and famous. <laughs> and like, you, you know, I mean, anything's possible, right? Like literally.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, it, that's what makes this so fascinating when when you throw Nil in there as far as market size and you know how many you know how many opportunities are there for college athletes compared to if they're in a a market where they're kind of in the middle of nowhere compared to here where there's professional teams everywhere you look, right? and advertising dollars that are going out all over uh, the place every which direction. so you know I think it's just it's something that Willard's gonna have to figure out. it's something that all these coaches uh, are figuring out but uh, in the meantime understanding that big picture question and how important that's going to be to Maryland's success in the big term, I think that's where you, you bring it back to the micro looking at the here and now and saying you know making the NCAA tournament and having an opportunity to win a game you know against West Virginia which i think certainly the turps have a, a a puncher's chance here i saw what i guess the early line has has west virginia as a slight favorite which you know is fine you know they they played in a very difficult conference you look at their conference record and then you remember oh they played in the best conference in the country whereas you know maryland was in the second best uh in at least in terms of all the rankings and all the different things uh, metrics that you see but you know the following round if maryland can get through we'll come back to that same theme that we've been talking about uh you know the, Alabama will be playing what less than an hour away from Tuscaloosa so it is what it is they're the top overall seed in the tournament no I don't give Maryland much of a chance uh but you know if, if you can win on Thursday you get that early start you know that 12 you know what 12 15 first game of the uh of the first round which is fun uh, and then you get if you can win then you sit back and watch everyone else so you know, we'll see how it plays out but certainly you and I talking about this back in November and December. This was this was always a realistic, good goal for this team to have would be to make the NCAA tournament and see what your draw is in the first round, and then you you kind of go from there. So from that standpoint, uh, definitely encouraging. You know, would have liked to have seen them maybe win a, an additional game in the big 10 tournament, you know, that played an Indiana team on Friday night. I mean, that was like a home game, you know, uh, so close, you know, uh, w- with Indiana traveling to Chicago, not a big surprise there. But... Oh yeah. Wait till Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, that'll be nothing, especially th- those uh, Alabama fans. They'll be cranky. Cause they weren't in the college football playoff this past year. So, you know, th- they'll be all excited for that. But you know, uh, again, see what happens, you know, uh, see what, see what happens against West Virginia. If you win a game, great, you know, compete against Alabama. See if you have a chance late. Uh, I don't give them much of a chance, but it is what it is. But in the big picture, I mean, if you're going to compete, compete, you know, get knocked out by a team that can win it all
0: or have a chance to shock the world. Right. Like if you, if you're good on that day and you can shoot the ball a little bit in a weird gym, uh, which is really, that's been the weird part for them has been road fans, Feeding off of that energy at home, not being able to feed off that energy at all in regard to shooting Um, and in regard to sort of patience and being a little yippy on the road in general, Mm -hmm. you know, all the way around. I don't know what that means for a little yellow puddle under their legs, but they will have been in the gym on Thursday and allegedly been successful against a similar team. We, We could talk so much about where teams land on the line and to your point, my point. Every time we've talked about the Turps this year, whether it was back in January as they started to maybe pick up some momentum a little bit and start looking like a team that was rounding out and playing well at home, um, and having big wins early in the year, big point differentials, where you're like, hey, they've beaten good teams by 20 points or decent teams, programs by 20 points. You looked at it and said, well, you know, eight, line, nine, six, seven. Yeah, boy, the eight-nine thing really changes their dramatically changes their prospects of still playing this time next week in regard to home game one seed in the heart of it. I mean, they'll get good barbecue down there, but uh, you know, like this is, this is a really um, group of death kind of draw for them in regard to, to how it worked out that boy, the six or seven, maybe shoot the ball one time, beat Minnesota, beat State Penn, beat somebody, anybody at the end of the year, Ohio State, anybody, you know, win another game last week, the, the tournament, something to get yourself off the eight line. But I'm not a big bracketologist as far as where – because I think the middle of it all tends to be a popcorn machine. It's just where they kind of squirted out. They really got penalized for that one and nine. Hung them, I think, when the, when it came time to put them on a line.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it just comes down to it. I mean, you know, when you go ten and zero at home in the Big Ten, that sounds awesome, and it is, uh, and it really reflected the kind of home court advantage they had, and and that was heartening uh, as far as the future and understanding Big Ten teams coming into College Park, uh, and it, you know, feeling, you know, you're hoping it feels like it, it did for ACC teams to come into College Park twenty years ago, uh, but. Yeah. When you go one and nine on the road and you, and your one win is a, against a lousy Minnesota team. Now it was a blowout. Uh, yeah, It was one of those sleepy late Saturday night games uh, at, at the, at the barn in Minnesota, but yeah, you're, you're going to get dinged. And I mean, you still look at Maryland's overall profile. I think what they were number 31 in, in the, the net rankings, NET rankings and three quad one wins. They had, I think it was what a half dozen quad two wins. I mean, you know they they had a, a a nice profile, but yeah, you you do kind of look at it and say, okay, what have you done away from College Park? And and Willard decided cited, you know, they did have a couple neutral court wins early in the year, oh, although that feels like an eternity ago. Feels like three seasons ago. You know what it feels like? It feels like Christmas. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, that was exactly, exactly. You're you're talking back in late 2022. I was eating it,
0: eggnog and pumpkin yeah. spice back then,
1: man. You it, know? Ex- exactly. So you know, from that Lamar standpoint, was
0: healthy and happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so from that standpoint, you kind of look at where they they fell. I mean, it's it's not surprising if you looked at at the bracketology kind of leading into Sunday night selection show. They, they ate, the eight the eight seat is about where people thought they were going to go. Uh, you know, unlike. I would even say like, look at Penn state who had the really impressive run to the big 10 championship game. A lot of people kind of th- thought Penn state was going to be an eight and they ended up being a 10 and they draw a Texas A&M team that some people think should have been a, a better seed than uh, a seven. So you know, it, it's all relative, right? I mean, everyone kind of, it's easy to pick out a few teams that you say, Hey, that's a favorable draw, but there are plenty of teams that are going to be unhappy one way or the other, but you know, the- everybody's
0: the- got to play Duke eventually. We used to say, right.
1: Sure, sure yeah, so and, and by the way, begrudgingly, Duke playing some pretty good basketball at the end of the year. Uh, don't like giving them too many compliments but uh, so you know again, you show up, you play Thursday you have to see if you can get by West Virginia. I mean you know I I expect that to be a a close game. I think two teams that you know both played in a really difficult conference both have things about them you like and then things about them you say, uh oh, you know that's kind of explains why they were an eight or a nine seed, right as opposed to a six. Uh, so, you know, you see how it plays out and then, yeah, you're going to play Alabama barring a, a UMBC over Virginia scenario uh, for, for the, the the Crimson Tide and you know, we'll see how it works out. So, you know, but if you had told me back in November, Maryland would be playing in the NCAA tournament and they would have a, you know, an eight, nine matchup, I would have signed up for that gladly. And I'd say, hey, that's, that's a good opening year for Kevin Willard. Uh, the, the challenge will be then. Moving forward, how do you build on that? So uh, it's a
0: better and- opening if they win. You know, yeah, if at three o'clock sure. on Thursday we move on and and they get a big game, right? Sure, and, and they get a chance. All the Maryland disappointments. Every time I see Rex Chapman tweet, right, which is like every minute of every day, right. I think back to the year they had a chance, and I was in Rob the Billiards Basement against Kentucky, and I think about them having a chance against any of the the bigger teams, and that's when it would really i mean the season breaks through if they're playing basketball next next week still somehow if they they create a miracle the only way to create a miracle is to put a one in front of you i think i mean i i don't it doesn't impress me beating west virginia and it, you could only go so far in the tournament hoping that the 13 knocks off the 4 and you get you you, you get that edge right and they have had that in the past where that second round game came at the expense of a higher seed That's not going to be the case this weekend and it will create energy Saturday if they win and they, I mean, and again, it's a toss. The game's a toss all the way along. By the way, uh, join us up at Hollywood uh, Casino in uh, in Perryville. We're going to be at the Barstool Sports Restaurant. If you want to come out and watch the Chirps play at noon on Thursday, I'll be there. Free copies of Purple Rain 1 and 2 while they last. Anybody that wants them. Uh, and liquidating after 20 years uh, on the integrity of the Baltimore Ravens uh, and their leadership. So uh, please come on by. Grab it. I'll have a purple pen and a red hat. And a uh, and my. Uh, by the way, I still have my hat. Do you have your 2002 hat? Do you Do you have your... National champs white hat with the red brim. I have mine. I know
1: I have a t-shirt. I don't know if I ever got the hat, but I I have the t-shirt. The t-shirt
0: I had was really comfortable and I I wore it a lot because it it felt good on me. It was nice cotton, but the hat I have, I'm going to bust that out. Um, I might even bust out my Lamont Jordan Jersey before it's, uh, it's all there over go. about that. Yeah. There you go. Very you didn't nice. get any NIL money. I'll promise you that, you know, if we get him <laughs> on the program. Luke Jones can be found at Baltimore. Luke, anything else you want to say about the tournament? Do you want to take a, you know, you want to take a stab at a, a pick or you want to sound foolish. You just want to do that privately out on your app.
1: I would think I don't have any bold proclamations. Cause again, I've been so enamored with free agency and Lamar Jackson watch and all of that. But Luke, what's going to happen to Lamar? I, Oh, we'll get to that. No, but my my upset alert and I've been saying this. I said this before the draw and okay, maybe the draw is a little more favorable for them. Uh I yeah, you know, I knew they'd be a number 1 seed, but Purdue I don't know if they have the guard play to really live up to being a final four kind of team. I mean, they have Edie, I mean, player of the year, all that. I get that, but we know how guard driven uh, the play is in the NCAA tournament. And you know, I, if we're reconvening a week from now and Purdue was knocked out in the second round and what, they're going to play the winner of Memphis, Florida Atlantic. That wouldn't stun me. I'll just say that I've, I've seen a seen watched enough of Purdue over the last few weeks to think as a number one seed, there's some vulnerability there that a little more than, than you'd like out of a number one seed, but Hey, you know, we've, we've talked about that with the big 10 all year, how difficult it was to win on the road and, and all of that. But I'll, I'll give you that. Other than that, what? I'll pick Houston to win. How about that? There's there's some boring chalk for you.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> and, and 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 home games for them in the Final Four, no less, right? So uh, uh, that would be something if they were to get there. Uh, you know, I got my brackets out, and and like when I when I smell the bracket and I touch the bracket and I get the, the four color pen out. And by the way, Dave Preston's coming on from WTOP this week. So I'm pulling out all the old nasty nester stops. I'm, I'm grabbing the phone and it's amazing how many of my friends are dead to talk college basketball. And I'm not kidding you like people that I would love to have PB on this week and like some old school basketball people to bracketize with me and have some fun. But it, it is fun to look down here and see all these these dirtball programs that have disappointed Xavier. You know how many times I circled Xavier? VCU, <laughs> Gonzaga, all of you. These teams. I mean, Maryland, I was a bleeding heart Terp,er putting them through to the eight every year, dreaming how they were going to knock off Connecticut or Michigan State. Something, right? And it makes me feel old school. because I Did you ever win a bracket pool ever in your life?
1: I don't no. think, I don't no. think a bracket pool. Mean, no, you
0: would jump up and say, yeah, I won no.
1: one time fantasy, I've won some fantasy football leagues over the years, but not, not an NCAA bracket pool. No. My
0: buddy Mike Fountain had a uh, a Kansas Jayhawk thing. And this was a year back. We were drinking beer on Kane street back in the eighties. We don't talk about that on, on the air anymore. Uh, red light. It, it, I can't, nothing I can be held responsible for that happened 40 years ago. But one thing I was responsible for was holding the dollars for the bracket pool. And uh, he picked Kansas, you know, off the eight line, nine line, wherever they were that year. And they won. And it was just like. I could never win a bracket pool. It was always a contribution, uh, which, you know, I've had a lot more success being in rooms, watching people win lottery scratch offs with me lately than I ever had getting to run around winning a pool because I never, ever I got to the weekend one year. Like, I got to the Final Four, and I got blown up by, I don't know, Connecticut or something like that. But uh, for anybody that's won a pool, please email me and tell me. Because I'm not convinced anybody ever wins the money. I'm convinced the guy from the house takes the money. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Always. At least that's the way it worked in Dundalk back in the 80s. So, uh, uh, Luke Jones and his brackets can be found out at Baltimore, Luke. Uh, He is more focused on free agency, tampering. Who did this? Who got the brackets and tampering all in the same week? How did we screw that up? (laughs)
1: <laughs> i don't know all
0: right noon on thursday we'll be in hollywood casino at barstool sports having a little fun with the terps we all deserve a little fun with the terps we all deserve some march madness we all deserve a beer and some wings and some gambling and a casino out in the lobby and free ample parking right at the foot of the bridge it's beautiful drive up come on up to Perryville. Uh, it is my casino of choice. I, uh, My wife and I have had fun up there. They have great bands up there. The barstool crowd's grab meeting. More than that, bartenders and staff's fantastic. Come on out on Thursday. Spend the day with us. Uh, we would love to see you. We're going to talk some more Lamar and some more Lamar. And opening days a couple weeks away. And some more Lamar and green beer and probably a little bit Lamar. L- Lamar. Uh, I am Nestor. We are WNST AM 1570. Towson, Baltimore. It's March Madness. It's Brackets. It's Madness. We are BaltimorePositive.com. Stay with us.